So this is a test of the emergency broadcast system and also <laughs> my decibel level. Which of you guys is excited to get hosed out of that hot new Captain Marvel Lego exclusive at Comic-Con? 100% of us. <laughs> okay. It's episode 160, part two, E3, We Were Gamers, a podcast with JJ. Hello. Michael. Hey, everybody. Andy. Hello, everybody. And uh, that was weird. Why did I do that? <laughs> and uh, Complete the effect. Yeah, sure. Yeah. E3 is over. Officially. Officially, officially. We did our first episode smack in the middle of it, so we missed a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, we only missed one thing, and but it's a million things. What is that called? When it's what what area is that? Like a like you know like kingdom, but underneath kingdom is phylum class family. Like a subcategory, I guess. Did you want to go through the whole taxonomy? I think I still have it memorized. Do it, do it. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Yep. Nice. Well done. So we miss Nintendo is what I'm alluding to. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to do that today. Uh, It's going to take the whole time. But first, have you ever broken a pipe? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let me recover from that hard left turn. (laughs) In what respect? Pipes that carry water. Hmm. Maybe. Probably not intentionally. Yeah. Uh, homeowning is a delicate dance sometimes of doing things the right way and sometimes just beating them until they work. And it's hard to know where the line is once in a while. And maybe you get it wrong and then you have to use a hole saw to get into a pipe that you shouldn't have been shoving things into with a hammer. Wait, you were sticking things with a hammer <laughs> into a pipe? <laughs> what? I had a valve break on a shower head. It was starting to really leak a lot. And uh, so I finally took it apart. And um, new shower valves and old shower valves are slightly different. And so, mm. you know, if you don't grease the pipe enough and know that actually this one's a millimeter shorter than that one, and you'll get things stuck, and then you got to break them, and then once they're broken, you got to drill them out, and then once you drill them out, you might damage the pipe. <sighs> Spend a little extra time sometimes just <laughs> just staring at stuff. I'm very sorry. It's okay. It's all repaired. It also took- do a lot of Googling. That's what I do when I yeah. involve home yeah. projects. Yeah. yeah, I YouTube, spend more time YouTube Googling too. about it and YouTube, yeah. It's just I spend amazing. more time doing that than actually fixing it half the time. It's just amazing. You go to the store and like they look identical, but actually there's another one, and the part numbers are etched on the very bottom. But if you have had them a long time, they wear. You know, it's just a lot. Sometimes it's just a lot for the dumbest, smallest things. Fifteen dollars turns into forty-five in the blink of an eye. <laughs> I feel you on that for sure. I got got by a similar tiny thing in homeowning this week uh for no reason that any of us could discern the switch in our bathroom that controls the fan 
decided it wanted to be on always, regardless of the state of the switch. Oh, yeah. Cool. Your resistor broke. Uh, Yeah, something inside uh, the the switch box, but not the not the part that does the switching, like the thing that holds the plastic cover on. Mm -hmm. Like there's a little clip that broke off. Uh, You can't just replace the plastic cover. You have to replace that whole box, uh, which is annoying. Yep. Uh, I just wanted the plastic cover, man. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so you take that thing out. Luckily, you know, I mean, you turn the uh, luckily it trips the circuit breaker for you. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing you're going to be able to do to turn that off, no matter how you try. So, uh, yeah, Uh, flip the circuit breaker, you know, unscrew some things, screw some things back in. Uh, And, you know, there's like three different shades of off white. And, you know, what? You know, you go to the Home Depot store and, like, your wall switches. Oh, I thought... There's, like, three shades. I had a moment of panic there where I thought you were saying all the wires in that box were off-white. Oh, no, no, no. I I paid very close attention when I unscrewed them as to which thing they were attached to, and I attached them to the similar thing on the new one. It should be white, black, and green if you have... I didn't... Romance. Didn't even look at it. Oh. Didn't even look at it. I oh. was just like, this one's attached to A1. I'm attaching this to A1. This one's on B1. I'm attaching this to B1. Got it. Like that. So, real easy. But uh, the, sh- the switch colors in the store, there's like, there's the white one. There's the off-white one. There's the other off-white one. And then there's <laughs> like the beige one. Right. And maybe, I ha- I think we've talked about it in this, but I don't have the greatest colors <laughs> in my <laughs> eyes, maybe. I've wondered uh, often if we should do some sort of test with you on, like, people and their games uh, making sure they're accessible enough for people with color blindness, but then we never mention it enough on this show. The problem is that I'm not, like, all the way colorblind like some people are. It's like, I I just have, there are certain combinations that are hard for me. Yeah, when and you put especially close colors next to each other, right? Yes, especially that, and also especially, like, certain like browns and reds that are in greens or whatever. Anyway, whatever the kind is, you know, there's the dot test where they show you a dot and everyone sees a number. I see different numbers. And anyway, these shades looked, as far as I could tell, pretty much darn identical. Mm-hmm. Um, You're saying your wife should have gone instead of you. Possibly, yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, the switch is fine. It's just that now it's different from the other ones in the house. And... It's going to bother me, but probably no one else because no one will ever see this. Oh, no, that would bother me forever. It would drive me insane. We have some switches in our house that are the old switch switch, you know, like everyone uses the new Decora flat switch where you kind of slap your hand on the wall and it goes up and down. Uh, but when you Oh, like up, the, the up you know, and down ones, The right, up and down about? ones are... You're talking the, the tab the ones, yeah, though. Right. Like you the have. ones you everyone grew up with, right? Yeah. yeah. I still have a few of those around. So we have a few of them around because I haven't remodeled those rooms and I refuse to do work in a room that's not the one that I'm working on. But every time I look at them, I'm like, these are hideous. I need to change this. Oh, I like those up and down switches are perfectly fine. But the yeah, like obviously I bought there those flat kinds because those are the only kinds they sell. And it's like, which of these three colors? That, and they're all the same price. Mm-hmm. And they put them all next to each other. I'm like, guys, put the white ones over there. Put the not white ones here. And then the other not white ones there. Instead of the same one, three in a row next to each other that I can barely tell the difference between. And especially like, the light in that aisle is like yellow. So then you're like, okay, now I'm not like real sure what color right, so it is. 
because it's also eight o'clock at night. Of course, oh, yeah. it can't just right. fail. Like so you're you know, getting the sodium light. Uh huh. Yeah, it right. can't just fail like in the middle of the day when I might be able to take it outside and figure it out. No, I could do. We live a mile from a Home Depot. I hate to shout out the name, but it matters that it's a Home Depot because we could do an hour on why the store is organized the way the store is organized and how sometimes I walk in and go, oh, that's why they did that. And then most of the time I walk in and go, why? Why am I doing looking all over creation for this thing that should be here? Yeah, I'm sure the way it's organized is for people who are buying 800 of a thing. For a business, uh, they just come in and nope. like rake their arm across the shelf and dump all of it into their cart or something. <laughs> you, you would think that, but it's not because those people just call and they're like, get me 800 switches ready at the front. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, Holmes. I'm sorry, man. No, hey, no. but at least it you was... turned the power off. I've gotten too lazy for that. Well, it turned its own power off. I didn't have to do it. <laughs> but yes, it. I wasn't going to attempt it with the power on. I was scared enough taking the box out until I realized that, like, oh, this thing is actually extremely easily replaceable. Never mind. Yeah. I've done it too many times. I get lazy. I should not. No, that's dangerous. (laughs) Don't do that, kids. Don't do that. Especially my kids when you're listening to this 20 years from now and I've electrocuted myself to death. (laughs) (laughs) All right. as he lived. You know what else was electric? Ooh, good segue. Mm-hmm. That Nintendo Direct that we saw at E3, they weren't at E3. No, no. They did a Direct near well, and apparently around they were. <laughs> apparently they were actually on the show floor showing uh, games, but okay, okay. God, knows, yes. God knows who could ever see them, because I'm sure the lines were around the block. So, d- did you get this? I didn't understand this, but now E3 is split up, like, between regular people going, I guess, and... Uh, journalism people going or industry, I guess is the right word, uh, on different days. Is that is this how this works now? So the way I understood it from the coverage that I watched is that there were two types of badges. There's the industry or press type badges, and then there they were calling them the gamers badge. But I guess anyway, the colors were different, and one said gamer, and the other one said something else. Oh, so like influence, and then there's like this. Or, like, I think it's just, like, people that bought tickets. Streamers? Like, normal people that bought tickets versus people who have press credentials versus, like, exhibitors or whatever. Okay. And the way it sounded like is that there were hours of the day that are reserved for the press and industry people in the morning. And then it opens to everyone at some point during the day. Starting on, like, the Monday or whatever through the four days that it was going on or whatever. Nice. So you would get some hours that are like press only, and that's when they take all those YouTube videos and stuff of people like, we're here at E3, look at this cool statue that I'm standing in front of in this open space and booth where there's no people. I'd like to go to E3 as a We Were Gamers group, but can we just make a pact now that we're not going to do that? The idea sounds interesting, but I think the way the con is executed, they're trying to be a con, right? And it's not. A con. It, so it winds up being a line con. It's a yeah, trade show. And that's, oh, it was a trade show, but it's not anymore now that yeah. it's open to the public, right? Right. So at that point, then, like, why am I? Why would I go to this? I guess. 
the allure of it was that it had stuff you couldn't get anywhere else. But now it's going to turn into like PAX LA, except not run by the people that run PAX. So it's worse. I don't know. I heard a rumor that the ESA was thinking about selling it to PAX. And then it really would be PAX LA, but they'd probably still call it E3. I would guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, who knows about any of that stuff? Because we watched a video about Nintendo stuff. Oh, that video was so good. I almost thought about watching it twice just to just to see it again and enjoy it again. <laughs> I ended up I ended up watching parts of it multiple times for sure. Oh wow! Yeah, just just to get it out of the way like though. A couple we, trailers. Can we relegate that Contra game to the bottom of the list and never speak of it again? What you don't want to see? Top down, not Contra 3D Contra. PS1 looking thing. Maybe if, maybe if they hadn't tried to go for the throwback aesthetic and it just kind of looked messy, I I could forgive it more, but I just don't think they pulled it off. They put out that Contra collection. That's a those are games you could I, play. I sure the older Contras. I think they really just went for it and then I think people are going to like I think people are going to play I, it and remember that those old Contra games suck. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going <laughs> to say. There's like, also that. That is also a possibility. Yeah. That's where I was You know why that there. Konami code was a thing? Because yeah, that game yeah. was impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a uh, frequent guest on this show that has beaten all the Contras uh, that we need to have back. And maybe we can ask him about the Contra. But Zero Cool is a Contra aficionado. Oh. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Uh, do do uh? Okay, I don't I'm know what start order to Smash. do any of this. Smash. Yeah. Okay. Look, it Good. started and it ended ish the the direct because it's their biggest game, probably by a large margin. People were excited to know who the next character was, and we got the rumors had been flying. Literally, oh. any character you could name, probably someone said that it was coming to Smash at some point. Yeah. yeah. The hero. Okay, this is a dumb name for this character. He doesn't have a name in Dragon Quest. So what are you going to call him? Some Dragon of them Quest? do. Some of them do though. But the main like, guy. Some does. of them have ca- canonical names like Erdrick and it, other E type names. Yeah. But, I don't know yeah. how that's going to play with all the like multiple characters in a party thing. It looks like maybe it's sort of like a Marvel switch out system, which is interesting to me. Or are they just all like echo fighters of each other? I I can't tell. They would in the thing. It looked like maybe they weren't echo fighters, but if they are, uh, that's okay. I mean, there's already echo fighters in the game, right? Marth and Lucina, and yeah. Um, I don't know. That one just didn't get me that excited because like a lot of them looked like they were all costumes of the way that hero looks in some of the various Dragon Quest games, right? Oh, okay. So it's like, oh, this guy with the bandana, he's the hero of eight. The guy with the like long robe that they showed first, that's the hero of 11. This oh, is the okay. one from... So I assume that those are like costumes. I, can, does Smash have costumes? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, totally does. Uh, you can change the look of your your character to different colors for some of the main characters. is just like colors. But, you know, like Mario has his Dr. Mario outfit and his wedding Mario outfit. Okay, so I imagine some of those will be that. But then some of them look like characters I'd never seen before, in which case I don't know what those are and how they fit into that character. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. I didn't know that much about the Dragon Quest guy, and it still doesn't get me that excited. But what does get me excited is, let's just say, Banjo. That's a great choice. Oh, my God. So are you only excited for the bear and the bird you're not interested in? Or are they together one? Because you said Banjo, so you're not excited for Kazooie, right? I mean, it's hyphenated. It's not Banjo and Kazooie. This is what I'm trying to get at. Are they distinct entities? Is the bird's feet inside the bear somewhere? Like No, because he work? takes the bird off to use as a pellet gun. Okay, so the bird's just chilling on his back. Right. In the backpack, yeah. But Got it's like it. a symbiosis thing, or like professionals that have hyphenated names that drop one to make it easier for people. Mmm. He's like Brangelina. Okay. So we have banjo <laughs> Or it, it doesn't help you, right? Kazo- I guess, I guess leaving it with a hyphen is better. Yeah, <laughs> like Kazojo. Kazojo. Uh, no, this is exciting to me because it's rare working with with Nintendo again. I mean, they've been owned by Nintendo all these years. Rare is owned by Microsoft, buddy. Um, okay. I think you're right. Which means... Microsoft and Nintendo are like buddy buddy again. Uh, maybe we could get Goldeneye on the Switch. I suspect Microsoft and Nintendo aren't the ones that are holding that deal up. <laughs> Who do you think's holding up Goldeneye on the Switch? The people that own the Bond license and the people who own the movie licenses. All right, all right, fine. Then we could get Perfect Dark on the Switch. That actually seems likely. I'm in for that. And maybe the Banjo Collection. That'd be sweet. Game Pass. Possibilities are endless just because Banjo's coming to Smash. Nobody's excited. You guys need to be more excited. I I don't care about Banjo-Kazooie. You also probably don't care that much about Smash. Also that. Oh. Well, they added a bunch of uh, spirits to the game after the E3 event for the new Link's Awakening game, which we got to look at. Which maybe you're more excited about. I'm excited about this. Let's talk about this. This, this is going to be a great game. That game looks sweet. <laughs> so I I realized in thinking about this, and I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience. Do you ever look back at a game that you used to play and realize that you've forgotten it? Like you used to know the story. You used to know where exactly where to go and what to do. And you think about it after a while and none of it is there anymore. Hmm. Because that's what happened to me with this. Like, I could tell you, I could tell you that I remember that it is worth your time at the beginning of the game to cut down bushes for rupees to buy the shovel early, but I can't tell you why. It's just a thing I remember. Hmm. I think I, so I definitely never played this game growing up until like way later. And then it was someone else's Game Boy, so I never finished it. And I just, remember nothing about it just being like oh man it's like zelda you know i remember playing like zelda one on the nes or something and it's like oh this is like that but it's like weird and different and there's like way more talking (laughs) and i'm I'm bad at this and then you know i was done with the game boy i think this when did link's awakening come out god knows 92 three probably probably thereabouts Hmm. 91 Link's Awakening came out. Oh, I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. 93. 
Okay, 93. So 93 is like... And then DX came out much later, right? Like, So it came out on the original Game Boy, and then they re-released it for the Game Boy Color. Yeah, that's right. DX. Right. And then, yeah, that's the one with the color. Okay, so I would have caught a whiff of this probably more in the 98 DX era. And by then, I think I would have been taken up with uh, longer PlayStation RPGs. So I actually kind of missed this completely when it came out. I yeah, because by '98, Final Fantasy VII is out, and you're lo- you're at that point probably looking at first screens from Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like I said, this game I never really have played much of, and this I don't know what the, I don't know how to describe this aesthetic they have going on with this game, but it's like toy box, almost, like tilt shift. Is that the right? Definitely, for yeah, that. there's definitely a little some bit, yeah. shift with everything being out of focus. That, and, that, like, every, everything looks like cute little plastic toys moving around in, like, a little plastic world. Yeah, miniature, miniaturization is one of those things that you get tilt-shift look. Like, if people take tilt-shift of cars moving on a street below, you kind of, it makes it look like it's a bunch of toys. Um, you know, the plasticky look is another part of it, too, right? Like, Link's eyes right. are just dark circles. Yeah, it it makes it look like little toys because it's just like, oh, they painted black dots on the plastic to make his face, you know? I am really into the aesthetic. I I it, love it. Yeah, it looks cool. I When I first saw the first screen of it, I'm like, oh, they're definitely going for something, and I didn't get what it was. And I watched this one again, and on the second viewing, you're like, you see so many little details in everything. You're like, that tree has, like, leaves that look like they're plastic leaves you know from like yeah. a toy tree and the uh, you know oh so cool so so cool you should watch one of the uh one of the gameplay demo videos that went up it just reinforces that that feeling oh i didn't know the gameplay demos was out there yeah i watched uh i did i watch the kotaku one a bunch of different out outfits put up First gameplay demos of, of varying lengths okay yeah. sweet i will go look at that later that sounds awesome I'm I'm way into this. I'm excited. I already pre-ordered the big edition and the amiibo for it. This a- oh, this actually oh, probably will make a very cool amiibo if it ever comes out. Oh yeah, they they have never missed on the amiibo. The the problem with the amiibo is not making enough of them, which seems like something that they finally got a, a good handle on. Definitely, and most of the ones that were short have been reissued. So uh, I have no fears on that front uh it looks wonderful and it's out soon ish so end of this year or something september Uh, September, so clear schedule after summer i guess (laughs) Uh, will i even have finished playing mario maker by then you'll never finish playing mario maker i know that's the problem speaking of which they had the uh mario maker tournament event how did that go i didn't watch it uh, I only watched like a few parts of their runs and stuff. Um, I think I remarked to Michael at one point that it was clear that the people doing this did not know how to play Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> now, th- yeah, 3D World is 2D, but 3D, or is it actually deep and 3D? It is 2D, at least from what they showed. Okay. The, the levels um, but, move side to side. You know, you can go left or right, but you can go side to side. You can't go front and back, but there are elements of the background that you can force to come into the foreground. Right. Okay. 
via light. So you can have you can have bullet bills firing into and out of the background. Or you can make I think the like clear pipes that you fly through in that game, you can make them go into the background and loop around and come back forward and stuff like that. You can't nice. end in the background, but you can make it fancy designs. Alright. Um, that's still coming. <laughs> yeah, I that looks super cool. I I think it was very when they announced that they're like literally adding new chiptune tracks to the old Mario games for like night levels and stuff. I was like, all right, well, now it's impossible not to get this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I don't see how you can avoid it. I mean, especially if uh, you've got that Twitch free year of Nintendo Online that just comes with this and then you can buy a discounted Nintendo Online with it if you want. You got like two years to play Mario Maker for for nothing, basically. Yeah. You got If you got a Switch, you, it's going to be one of those everyone has it for their system games like a Duck Hunt. It feels like that. Or it should be, right? Like, this should be the er game for Nintendo at this point. Yeah. Like, I will actually be annoyed with them if they release a Mario Maker 3 down the line, right? Uh, yeah. Not for this system, especially. And they're going to fix your uh, biggest qualm with the game, buddy. Which is? They announced that they will, after launch, be patching in playing online with your friends. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Why did that have to be a thing they're patching? Couldn't they just have thought of the most obvious and desired use case to start with? I wonder, this game was made in Japan. I don't want to speak out of turn with not knowing a lot of things. I mean, I love Japan. I know some things about Japan, but I don't know the culture of Japan. We might need to, like, get in touch with somebody that does better. But maybe this just is a cultural thing where... They're still using friend codes for a reason, you know, and this game was developed there. So maybe it's okay. not a use case for them. Okay, but other companies that make games that are online, that are based in Japan, like Sony and Square Enix, don't have these problems. Okay, okay. It's a cultural problem in Nintendo only. Then. There's like one guy in Nintendo who's in charge of like all the network stuff, and he's like, "Hey man, everyone loves friend codes." Yeah, you know I got this. It, it came out over this weekend of E3 that there was one guy at Epic that basically tried to cancel Fortnite and almost got there. So, yeah, thing, things I, can be made I bad just, decisions by one person. Totally. I just, man, I. You see that announcement, right? They announced multiplayer Mario. You're like, oh my god, I can play Mario. With all my friends. Yeah. And oh this my game God, has multiplayer levels. I can play online with people. Well, obviously, if I can play with my friends, I can play online with my friends, right? This, it's like ABC, the easiest connection I can make, you know? Yeah, like, if they, they did missed, one... They missed that last dot. If, if they did one focus group in the West, oh. someone would have pointed this out, and then they would have been like, oh... I can't wait to use our cell phone apps to talk via voice over our Switches. Uh-huh, yeah, we're going to be using Discord or something like that. That's not going to be what that is. <laughs> Do you think it was the same person who made both of these decisions? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Likely, uh. yes. Everything online is probably follows a chain, so... Uh, I, right. I don't want to get... I don't want to sound like I'm too down about that. I am very excited they're doing that. I just wish it would be there for launch, but we'll have to wait, you know, a few months or whatever. You know what? We're going to have to wait that long anyway to get co-op levels uh, that are actually beatable or ranked that we want to play. 
Yeah, that aren't like hot trash anyway. So uh-huh. yeah. or Kai- Kaizo. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of those too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, surprise of the Nintendo thing for me was the Dark Crystal Tactics game. Talk about left field. Yeah, seriously, that's a deep, deep pull. Well, Netflix is doing a new show. Right. Okay, so at the time, I didn't have that context. Ah. And I was like, why are we talking about this? And then someone later mentioned to me, like, hey, by the way, you know, Netflix is doing the show and they're doing this because of that. I was like, oh. Well, that trailer opens up with 30 seconds of the puppet. And I thought, oh, cool. It's an announcement of Netflix on the Switch. That would be great. But no. I I was like, man, someone went really far to pull these puppets out and to do it <laughs> in the, like, <laughs> filtered light style that was back in the 80s, you know? And it was like, man, yeah. why would they do this? And it's like. Then after hearing they were actually making a show, it made way more sense. Well, I totally thought it was going to be one of those like free to play, almost almost free to play style, you know, like kids game me thing. And then you, it's like, nope, tactics. Wait, what? <laughs> did they Dude, did they hook cool. you at tactics? They have dark crystal <laughs> tactics. Yes, please. Although yeah, very cool. Be careful, you know, what time of day you play it and how much you've been drinking. If it's anything like the old dark crystal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh boy! All right. Uh, surprise for you guys. Anything jump out? I know one that definitely surprised me was they announced that they're bringing out. They're calling it Trials of Mana, which is the Seiken Densetsu Three, which is the Secret of Mana game that never came out here in the U.S. Oh, that's which coming is out a in a, a travesty because it's such a good game. It's such a good game. I, I played a fan translation of it like on the Super NES while I was in college or something, and it was awesome. I know nothing about this game, and also it's coming out in some sort of collection too, right? So There's so, multiple ways. Yeah, oh, go ahead, yeah. Um There are, the version that is a standalone, Trials of Mana, is not the same as the version that will be in the collection. Whoa, 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 okay. So, okay back up, back up. So this is an SNES game? Yes. I, okay, yes. And I missed SNES it. game. I missed it, even though I love the Mana series on the SNES it never came out in the U.S. Because or, okay. or in English-speaking countries, I think. It was Japanese nope, only. Japanese only. Okay, and so this is the third one, but there's two versions of it? Yes. So the version that is in the collection is the original game with an English translation, and then the Which has never one. existed before. Yes, like. not an official version. There have been fan translations, but never uh, unofficially sanctioned SD3. And then the Trials of Mana is the totally remastered version. Are all it is of the a, games? It is a that? remake of that game. Yes, right? a remake. I should say, oh. not a remaster. So it's like 3D and you know all that stuff. So are the other two games in that three game collection getting remastered like that? So you should buy. You shouldn't buy the collection. You should buy remasters, or is it only the third one that's getting remastered? Only the. The remake is only Trials of Mana. It's being released as a standalone game, as a remake, 3D, you know, following, va- like Final Fantasy VII Remake, this is Trials of Mana Remake, but it's not called that. Is that kind of out of left field, then? Yes. I mean, yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, I think but the, co- the collection is the three Secret of Mana, Trials of Mana, and whatever the other one, 
What's the what are the three mana games? Well, mana? so the first one the first one is funny because it was released in oh, right. the US for Game Boy as Final Fantasy Adventure. That's right. That's why it's weird, because I can yes. never remember. It's Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and, and now Trials, Trials of Mana. Isn't it also right. Children of Mana somewhere in there? Uh Children of Mana was a DS game. Okay. Yeah. These are the Super Nintendo or well. Final Fantasy Adventure, I think, is a Game Boy game, right? Yes. Huh. So it, it is the three original Seiken Densetsu games that, but now they have their English names. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, you get Secret of Mana, the the one you know and remember from the Super NES. You get Trials of Mana now, a brand new game which was only available via fan translation before, and then Final Fantasy Adventure, <laughs> which was Seiken Densetsu One from the Game Boy. Um. Very cool that they're bringing that out. That was stuff that was like, those were games that everyone, like Mother 3, are games that people had just given up on ever coming out in the West. Yep. And we're getting uh, Mother 3 too, right? Are they? I think so. I think, oh, well, no, they started with the. I think they released Mother 1. Yeah, they did. They're doing Mother 1 right now. Yeah, so we'll see if they get to Mother 3, the one that they never released. Uh, over here, but it, those are uh, those games were beloved, and especially uh, SD3 because it was known that in Japan the game was amazing, and it was the Super NES. But by that time, the PlayStation One had come out, and the Super NES was kind of you know like Chrono Trigger. It was like one of those last kind of Super NES games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one that it's one that people point to as one of the like pinnacles of the art form of using the system for like squeezing every last drop of performance out of it. It's definitely a hallmark of square and Nintendo when the last year ish of a system hits that they put, they both together somehow pushed the limits of that thing beyond where anybody thought they could have. I don't know how that's possible every single time, but they do. Yeah, they really, they take all the time uh, the system is out and they really master it. And then they put out like two incredible games, you know, near the end. Yeah. Um. So it, that to me was something that, you know, I had no expectation for and no idea was even coming. And then it's like, bang, awesome old school games that you didn't know were even coming out. And then they're remaking one of them, which is cool and probably hopefully is good. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> you didn't see a lot of that remake yet. Michael, you have a surprise? I mean, I think the one for me was the the big one for everybody, the reveal at the end about a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Oh, we're jumping there already. Okay. Yeah. I hmm, I had an existential moment here when they announced so, that sequel. But go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, when I saw it, I immediately thought it was like, it hasn't been that long, right? game came out not that long ago. How Two is years? it time for one of these already? Two years. Yeah, I think my first thought was was it was a DLC announcement. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was what everyone... I mean, I looked at that and thought, oh, cool, there's going to be DLC for when I finally play that game. Yep. Uh, and then they said a sequel. And there is a lot of cool breakdowns already. Uh, people have already gone through the Hyrulean text and said that it says... Uh, here, jump ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> But it says that it's a, a seal Ganon, so like the corpse is Ganon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that plays into the original game because I haven't played it yet. And that's when I had my existential crisis moment. Uh, we 
divert here for a second, but I've been playing a lot of uh, Pokemon inventory management, also known as Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and while that game is fun and free to play, but also like not super free to play, I don't feel like I have to put money into it. It's starting to get to the point where like, oh, I have to like think about how to level and do the right things and manage 400 item inventory and. And I'll just do this a little bit on the side, and I'll play some of the Picross uh, game we've all been playing and still addicted to. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, man, I finally got to, like, 27% today. Oh, like, you yes. passed me. I'm at, the, like, in 26. What are you at, Michael? 49.8. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm never flying on a plane that you've worked on. <laughs> <laughs> But like the the it hit me like I've been avoiding playing a quote unquote real game since I got to the end of Smash's seventy hour adventure mode. You know, I haven't gone back to play Rabbids. I played some Tetris. I feel like my brain has been in a holding pattern, and this trailer came out, and I finally realized I've been putting off taking on a game like Breath of the Wild. Because I want to play it, but I'm afraid to get into it because of the the time commitment that I know is going to go into an open world game like that. You didn't you play did Breath it? of the Wild, though. I I know, I know, and now there's the sequel, so maybe that's the kick in the pants to like it's going to drive you drive you to play it because you're going to play the next yeah, one, right? Exactly. Not sit there thinking about my Pokemon inventory anymore. I mean, you could do what I did and play a game that you've played like 20 times before that I was also a 100 hour RPG and like start playing Baldur's Gate 2 again. Well, do you see that's a kick in the pants thing cuz you just heard about Baldur's Gate 3. But I played Baldur's Gate 2 like 70 times. True. It was less a little lower barrier to entry when I've already done it, you know. But yeah. I you know, I I think it's really cool. I am afraid they're going to do a Majora's Mask and make, like, a crazy, weird, off-the-wall sequel that is then, like, liked by some people, and most people are like, what the heck is this game? Uh, did you think that castle was going up or down? I don't know. It Both. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it's going up and we get Link in space. Okay. I'm for that. I don't know. I feel feel like people would be annoyed from what I've heard if the game wasn't maybe not a direct sequel, but like didn't involve the characters from the first game sticking together and doing something related. You know, like it sounds like people formed such a huge bond to that first game that I would if they did a Majora's Mask, I think people would be pretty upset. You know, like if they found a way to use the engine again, but not use the characters. I mean, I think the thing that a lot of people are worried about is so much of that game is about exploring. If it if they use the same map again, but they change up all the encounters and all the locations, like how much is the, how much exploring are you doing at that point? You're like, oh, I know there's a town here. Okay. Yeah. That was the complaint that I heard most. I, to be, I, also have not played Breath of the Wild, so I also don't have that strong of an opinion here, but it's, I don't know. You know what my other I, fear It looks about- cool. I don't know. I'm for it. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely in. I, I, I My other fear about uh, playing Breath of the Wild is, I just realized it right now, 
I have never plugged my Switch into a TV. Oh, that's right. I, I don't even have the dock hooked up with an HDMI cable to anything. It's just out on the countertop so I can charge the Switch. See, I you could solve that problem by never undocking it and only playing it docked. Are we Have we literally been complete opposites this whole time that we've owned Switches? Yes, you guys have. Yes. I have never played it undocked. I've only played it uh, docked on the TV. Not to say it has never been played undocked, but I have never played it undocked. I'm afraid I can't play Breath of the Wild undocked. Why? It runs perfectly fine undocked, supposedly. I know, but the world looks massive. It looks like you want to play it on a massive screen so you can see tons of stuff. We need to get somebody on this podcast that has played it. I need to find out more. This this screen is smaller. You can make make the picture smaller so you see the same amount. (laughs) He can't hear me on Discord if I'm just shouting. And he's offline. (laughs) Oh. That's the bigger problem. That's a bigger, yeah. I didn't didn't happen to look at the, all right. Okay. I, I know none of us have played it, so we don't have a ton to say, but I think you're right. That was a huge surprise to everybody. Totally. Um, I'm going to bookend it. I'm going to cheat and go twice. Did anybody play Panzer Dragoon? I didn't. I've heard a lot about it over the years. Um, but from what I saw of it, it made me kind of regret that I, I had never really looked up the original. I what didn't say I watched the direct and I was like, huh, cool, huh, cool in my head for a lot of it. Even for the Zelda reveal, I was kind of like, oh, right on in my head. And in the middle of a car ride while I was passenger, okay, understand people, I was a passenger, not a driver, while I was Mm -hmm. watching this part of it, the Panzer Dragoon footage came on and I said out loud before I figured it out was, is that Panzer Dragoon? (laughs) (laughs) I think, Andy, you were the, of the three of us, you were the Sega player. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had multiple Sega systems. Um, yeah, I cannot believe a 95 game just came out of nowhere to be re-released on a Switch. It's wild. It's insane. It's a Sega Saturn game. And actually, that's great because not that many people had Sega Saturns and there aren't that many Sega Saturns out there. What so. I think the Sega Saturn had better games than the Dreamcast. I'm just going to say that out loud. I don't know if it's true, Mm. but I think it might be true. I think there were more games, but better? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Crazy Taxi's all right. Crazy Taxi's pretty good, man. (laughs) It's pretty good. I don't know. I... It might have directly led to the decline of Sega, but who can say? Yeah. I, I think that it, it is cool when they take games that were available on weird systems and re-put them out for people who want to play them. Like, um, what was that? There was another game that came out, I think, on Switch not that long ago. It's on the eShop. Um, you're like Power Ranger type people. What? Gunstar Heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. yeah Gunstar Heroes the is a great Sega game. That's out on the eShop now, uh, I think, and uh, or coming soon, I guess, uh, if it's not. And the that was a game that was like, the Saturn version's the one you want because it's the best one. It has a bunch of extra stuff, and that's the version that they put out. 
And everyone was like, oh, hey, people can actually play this version now without having to pay $700 a disc to find the one copy of Gunstar Heroes that isn't in a museum or what. Well, the cool part about uh, Gunstar Heroes is if you've ever thought about playing Vector Man or Shinobi and you don't want to just be punished the entire time, you could go play Gunstar Heroes and enjoy yourself. Yes, a good game. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, those those, those Gunstar Heroes, those other games look really good, but I, I just, every time I walk forward in Vector Man, I get shot. It's like, yeah, actually, because anytime you walk in Vector Man, you get shot. Like, yep. <laughs> if you stop moving, they don't shoot you. Like, that makes the game really hard. <laughs> uh, Gunstar Heroes is a great game. You should, if any, oh man, I might go grab that on the eShop right now. You just play Gunstar Heroes. It's a good game. Hold on. Is that part of the, that might be part of my, I, see, I am the, I am the target audience for Sega games because I have that, that, uh, Steam Sega collection or whatever. Oh yeah. It could be already out. It might already know. be in my Sega collection on Steam. I have to stop. Yeah, I have to stop buying things for my Switch that I already own on Steam. <laughs> oh, right on. Um, there was other big news in there that we didn't really talk about. Like, JJ, are you going to be rebuying the Switcher? No, but it is very cool that someone will be able to play that game in like 540p or whatever the screen <laughs> will be. <laughs> Another game uh, I worry that I can't play undocked. <laughs> Uh, you could probably play it uh, just fine. I just it's going to be uh, visually compromised compared with the version that we, you play on the PC. But you know what? Fine, whatever. Yeah. The point of those games isn't. I mean, the point of the games is they look great. But also, the point is that the story and the world you explore and like the the lore and the stuff that you get out of that is going to be really cool. Hopefully, they increase the font size though, because there's a lot of like. <laughs> letters that open up that are like real small and have uh, a lot of text i'm gonna end up on a tangent if we talk about marvel ultimate alliance 3 so if you're ready for me to do that i'm gonna go but if you want to talk about another game first well i just i liked one one small thing i did like that we got a whole lot more um of cadence of hyrule plus the game dropping yeah the game's yeah. out now yeah cadence of hyrule has been out for you know a week at this point mm, four days is it? I thought it came out on 13th. Wednesday of E3. Okay. Well, anyway, it's been out. Uh, people have played it, and by all accounts, it's a very good Crypt of the Necrodancer game. If you want to find out if you like Crypt of the Necrodancer, I believe the sale from E3 is still going, and the actual Crypt of the Necrodancer is $3. So if That you sounds wanna, real good. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to drop for Cadence of Hyrule yet... Um, I used the E3 sale to get Hollow Knight, by the way. Sweet. For the Switch. Very nice. Despite my... Uh, There's like a hundred episodes of this show where JJ and I have said, you should just buy things on sale on Steam because the PC is forever. True. Uh, Hollow Knight being on Steam on the PC, I seem to have broken my own rule, but per everyone's... Uh, not maybe suggestion, but they're inclination to say the game is long and also would benefit from being able to be taken with you then i dropped for the switch one because i'm in love with my switch still so yeah by all accounts the switch version of that game is very good and Just the i think the game is, is now complete they have said that they're moving everything that was going to be dlc for this to the new uh game silk song so you're good the game is complete <laughs> 
there was no DLC to buy. The game is auto-updated with new patches and no DLC for the Switch version. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, Canes of Hyrule looks good. I will wait for a sale, but ultimately play it. I guess the only difference between this and Necrodancer is that this game isn't a roguelike, right? I don't believe so. No, I think yeah, it's they changed it to be dungeon crawling like Zelda. Yeah, so it is a Zelda-like, but in the style of Crypt of the Necrodancer. So if you buy Crypt of the Necrodancer for $3, know that that game is actually a roguelike, not a Zelda game. Which is fine. Sure. Still okay, good. Marvel had some games there, most of which were not well-received uh, initially. I think after the convention... A lot of people started to come around on maybe those Avengers games that didn't sound so hot. Which one? Do you mean Marvel's Avengers? There's Marvel's Avengers and then there's Captain America and the Avengers or something. There were two, aren't there two other Marvel games? One by Square and one by somebody else. The only I missed one I, it if there was another one. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's the Square one and then there's maybe this one. Maybe I was, uh, taken by some people's not using the proper titles or something. Um, it sounds like once people played it, it was kind of like, um, I don't really know what this game is yet, but maybe it's better than we think. I don't know. I think the thing that everyone is annoyed with is that they sh- Marvel's Avengers, uh, they showed a bunch of stuff, but then didn't actually tell you what you do in the game yeah, or who you are or how you play it. They that, talked a lot yeah. about like playing with your friends and a lot about like DLC and, and more worlds and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, can I have 15 people be Tony Stark? What's going on here? Right. Is they, it uh, City of Heroes or is it Ultimate Alliance? Speaking and then of. they didn't didn't answer that question at all and just were like, <laughs> and walked away. Whereas Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 knows exactly what it is. And it is about you mashing the A button to murder some dudes. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Diablo Marvel. Yes. Uh, I was very happy that they reminded people it existed and then had that little treehouse logo. And I watched the 30-ish minute treehouse of this game. Wherein you start off in Professor Xavier, in their example, their demo or whatever, you start off in Pre- Professor Xavier's Xavier Institute. But what? That's an X-Men. Is an X-Men in the Marvel? Yeah, well, uh, we'll get there in a minute. There's some, I have some questions regarding that. But it sure looks like Ultimate Alliance from Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Uh, you kind of switch between characters. That character screen looks very large, and they didn't fill in very much of it. There was a hint that maybe Deadpool's in the game also, uh, but he was in he a was kitchen in- making tacos at the time. Deadpool was in uh, MUA 1 and 2, so... Yes. Uh, the game looks good. The graphics look good. It does look like a button masher. It looks like maybe there's some... were also, so you yeah. can't really be that surprised. No, I'm not surprised. I... No, no, I'm just saying that, like, yep. you know, look, if you... Guys, if you want to know if those games are good, those games are out on PC and Xbox 360 and probably Xbox One. Uh, go play them. They're great games. Jam on A and hit the superpowers button to throw Wolverine and then hit the other button to shoot a giant laser blast and have a good time. They're great. Yeah. And they have, like, characters that I still don't know who the heck they are. Who or what is a Moon Knight? The (laughs) C-listers. Who's Who's a Moon Moon Knight? Knight? 
What is why is he here? (laughs) What is he doing? He has a cape and flies, I guess. That's all I know. Yeah. I have a question, though. I watched a lot of that demo, and in that demo, they were using Beast and uh, Cyclops and a whole bunch of people. And then in the direct and in the treehouse at the very end of both of those segments, they say, buy the expansion pass today. Well, the game's not out, so I don't know why I would buy an expansion pass for it. The expansion packs will feature three different DLCs for Marvel Knights, X-Men, and Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Does that mean all the X-Men are not in the game, which they showed? Or I feel that like mean, they like, wouldn't do that. Extra X-Men. I feel X-Men. like they're going to have, yeah, extra X-Men. They're going to have a bunch of characters that are DLC, and the you there will be one character, I guarantee you, one character in the X-Men that everyone knows and likes that will not be in the base game and will be in that DLC. So like Gambit. Or like Magneto. No, Magneto's or... in the game. They showed him in the game, but he could be the DLC. Well, dude. the story is about Magneto, so... Oh, is it? Okay. Alright. But it's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be like, oh, you get your Gambit, or your Rogue, or your Jean Grey, or something like that. One of these people that everyone knows is gonna be over there. Uh-huh. Probably not Wolverine, even though that would be shrewd of them to do that. Um, and then the Fantastic Four will be the same thing. You could get like you get all, some of them, but then like, oh, do you want to play as Doctor Doom? He's over there, or and you know, I don't know who Marvel Knights are, but you uh, know, Marvel Knights Knight would be like the Daredevils and Punishers of the world. Okay, so yeah, you know that, that you'll be like you'll get like oh you get Punisher, but do you want to play as Daredevil by the DLC? And then there's you know a level or something that comes with them. I see. I actually have no idea what is in that pass, but I believe that's how the DLC worked for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 when it was on the 360. There was like a few characters that were DLC for like five bucks or something at that time. Um, It's probably going to be more now. Could they have jacked this game up for $5 and put all those three things in the game and actually sold more copies? No. That answer was shorter than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Because they want to sell you this game at a lower price to get as many people to buy it and then get a bunch of people to pay $25 for the expansion pass. Did I get the price right on the expansion pass? Uh, Good question. Let's see. I'm guessing it's $25. Well, the game comes out next month, which is surprising considering almost everything else at the Direct was like at the end of fall. Here, let's see the Nintendo's website. Uh, $19.99 for the expansion pass. Oh, okay. Okay. DLC 1 Fall 19, DLC 2 Christmas 19, DLC 3 2020. Okay, so that means there's three expansions and you're getting them from 20 bucks. They're probably going to be like 10 each or something. You can buy the digital version of the game for $80. That includes all all of it. If you don't want to buy the physical and then, you know, yeah. update it. So you're pay- you're, you are paying the same price. Yeah, that sounds about right. 60. No, because, yeah, no, 59 plus 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Same price. So, okay. I mean, they do this with games now. It doesn't surprise me. I think the the thing you should do, and I know this won't work for you, Andrew, because you are too excited for this game, but... <laughs> People should not buy this game at release and wait till they release the ultimate ultimate alliance edition or whatever. I, <laughs> that then includes all the DLC. All right, I can't. Game of the year edition. I have to. Year. I have to admit something right now. 
I got a great deal on Mario and Rabbids on Black Friday. I mean, I'm not upset about it. I think I paid $25 for Mario and Rabbids for the for the physical media of it. It's a good deal. Yeah. I am not upset about it. Uh, during the E3 sale, Mario and Rabbids was part of a Ubisoft sale on the Nintendo Switch. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe the DLC's on sale. Nope. DLC's still $20. That's a bummer. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This sale tab shows Mario and Rabbids. Oh, the normal game's down to like $16. Wow, that's a pretty good deal for pe- There's a gold version with all the DLC for $20 digitally. <sighs> mm-hmm. You caved. No, I did not. Not oh, yet. Okay. Um, Similarly, I, I did bought not a cave- copy. Because I don't know if my save would transfer over. It would not. Uh, that's fair. Almost certainly it will not. And I don't know if I want to reward that kind of behavior. I have this, <laughs> I have, I, I would still love to own the physical disc, right? Because then I can turn around and be like, I'm done with that. I don't want to play it anymore. Someone can have it and I've paid a rental fee of X dollars. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a a good reason to buy physical media, especially with Nintendo consoles. Oh, especially with Nintendo consoles, right? Because that that digital copy, if your Switch breaks, you know, the chances of you being able to get that digital copy back are questionable. Which is why I had my reservations about Hollow Knight. But it seemed like too good, like $7 is not going to break the bank on or the deal. But Yeah. yeah, they're really... You know, Nintendo, especially on their, they're getting their partners to really put stuff deep discount on their digital console. And it's got me afraid that, that we are seeing the, if Nintendo is the last vestige, really, I mean, PlayStation Uh, and Xbox are definitely moving to online only versions of games, right? Like Nintendo, their Xbox just released that streaming only or one, right? Where you, you doesn't even have a disc drive. Uh, yeah, that that's out there. You know, it's for digital only downloads or whatever. But they're definitely still selling physical games. I mean, PlayStation actually just put out a bunch of their big hits from the last year on sale during E3. Again, uh, for twenty bucks for uh, God of War and uh the dinosaur one and <laughs> and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and like uh, some of the other ones past year that were really big sellers they had all those games for 20 bucks right um so you know and so i caved and i bought a physical copy of god of war for ps4 um but i haven't played it because who has time to play games (laughs) not (laughs) us we're sitting here talking about e3 a week later (laughs) yeah we're just talking here um but you know so you know i got a physical copy of that game because the physical disc was on sale for 20 bucks digitally it was on sale for like almost the same price but well, now I have the disc, so I can sell it to someone else for ten bucks later, and have only paid ten bucks in right, you know yeah. a year and a yeah. half when I started. <laughs> <laughs> I still, it's just, it's gonna make me cringe now buying the physical discs and then seeing the stuff on sale with the DLC for less than you, you know, it's just yeah, it's, it's yeah. painful. I, I've gotten got by this on the PC too. Like I bought uh, Dark Souls three when it came out. And they released a bunch of DLC, and I don't have any of that DLC because they don't ever put the expansion pass on sale for, 
like no. less than 25% off. They want you to rebuy w- the whole gold edition of the game. So at that you at up- which point you can buy the gold edition. It's gotten very close to the price of the gold edition being less than the price of the DLC. Why do they and do I- that? I don't understand the math of that. Like, you would make a $4, $5 sale if you put that DLC down versus me not just like, nah, I'm just not going to buy more game. I'm not going to spend $20 more to rebuy this whole thing. Well, I haven't done it, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. You I'm not rewarding that, that business practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, God, we really only got had time for Nintendo, didn't we? We kind of knew it might happen. We didn't even get to, like, Luigi's Mansion. I've never been Gooigi's a big fan of that. Mansion. Luigi. <laughs> Grossest, the grossest thing I saw this year at Nintendo. Oh, it wasn't E3. that bad. He poops out a green blob of himself. That's no good. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> when, <laughs> have we? <laughs> have we? You've been to college. Ugh. You've done jello shots. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. We didn't talk about that. That looks like a completely different game than what they were selling last year. Or beginning of this year, I guess, when they announced it. Eh. And, well, at least it doesn't look like you're going to play a high school simulator. Anymore. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, at least that worry is gone. I don't know. Thank With my 3DS experience recently, I'm not sure that I'm in, but people yeah, are excited. I, I got kind of burnt out on Fire Emblem on the 3DS after Fates. I played a lot of Fates and then was like, man, I need a break and I have taken... I'm. <laughs> Continuing that break. <laughs> well, and it's up against Dark Crystal Tactics. I know where my yeah, mind's I mean, going. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's not going to Animal Crossing New Horizons either. We, I, I feel like Animal Crossing is super popular. It, it is. is just, we are the wrong people for that game. Not for me. I was never that person. I was with a game. Oh, man. This is a real throwback i know we don't do research but you should look this up maybe after the podcast there's a game called kingdom for keeflings on the xbox and like i think it came out the first year i went to work and i was working like 12 hour days and when i got back all i wanted to do was just completely zone out so either i would turn on sci-fi channel and literally watch whatever was on and not care it was usually something like uh destination truth you know (laughs) <laughs> sliders reruns sliders mm. reruns yeah uh or i would turn on this xbox game a game on my xbox 360 called kingdom for keeflings there's been a sequel that i haven't played that's actually available for, for pc that i'm thinking about it was just like take your giant go over there whack a tree for some wood go make a sawmill oh look you made a sawmill now you get a little keyfling for your, your kingdom you'll work your sawmill make him a house you know and that is like got a super Animal Crossing vibe to it. And then I played that for like way too many hours. And I tried Animal Crossing New Leaf because people said it was like the game you had to have for your 3DS. And just no, no, too much Nintendo in their Nintendo. <laughs> Animal Crossing to me always seemed like one of those games that was you need to play this game for like an hour every day. And oh, definitely. It. It's like, play this for an hour, do all your chores, you know, clean up your house and set up your neighborhood and run one little errand for Mr. Rossetti or, you know, the pay the evil 
raccoon banker back his blood money or whatever and then like be like i'll come back tomorrow and then well, and, turn and it off you have to do it at different times because certain things happen in day and night dangerous um, yeah it's not good well i mean it may be good but it's not good for me well anyway it's apparently a very popular game i just never got into any of them and i just like i just can't start now all right um we got to wrap out E3 so we don't talk about it next week. We got to figure out a way to be done with it. What would be your one takeaway from E3? Or like, I'm definitely buying this. Or like, wow, this company is really set up for a year. I don't know. What is your thing? I personally, I liked the, the turnaround that Square Enix made from last year to this year. Because they, if you remember, their press conference from last year just sort of fell totally flat. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if they if they learned the lesson themselves or if they actually listened to the fan response. But, you know, they they came right out of the gate with the Final Fantasy VII remake this year um, and, having, and had a much better press conference. Having games that are releasing soon helps. Yeah, turns out. Yeah. Having a lot of games, uh, yeah. I think uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake for sure was one for me. Um, Nintendo had so much great stuff, um, but I mean, I said it up front before, man. Like Baldur's Gate Three is literally an announcement that is pointed directly at me, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I saw that and I'm like, well, whenever that's coming out, guess that's what I'm going to be doing for the next 400 hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know that I'm stupidly excited about all the Nintendo games that got announced. Uh, some not even first party, like Ultimate Alliance or Panzer Dragoon. I know I can get Panzer Dragoon on the PC. Don't don't email me. You know, uh, that's game that was made for a console, and it, honestly, on a Switch, it's going to be amazing. Dark Crystal Tact, all those, all the uh, playing more Smash, all that stuff gets me like super excited for owning a Switch this coming year, and I think they're going to have a big year. But I don't. I think the massive news out of E3 is Microsoft's Game Pass service and what they're planning to do and how many people they have signed up and like the, the this is going to change the face of gaming in terms of cost and the way that may things are produced it's going to be massive I think um because it's not an on live or whatever where they're saying we're going to change the industry you're going to stream your games it's not a stadia where you know they're Microsoft is a company. They're a huge company and they're throwing all their weight around and in a way that seems very consumer friendly. All right. We don't have a lot of time on this, but I just have to know, like you're renting games. Sure. That's what the game pass is. I understand. Okay. I feel like we talked about this before. I feel like every time I hear people talk about it, I'm like, but, but Blockbuster went out of business. <laughs> and then people are like, well, but this is different. And I'm like, how is it different? Well, my problem with Blockbuster, I think, was always the fact that one of my problems was always the fact that, at least with earlier systems, you you had to start over. Yeah. So like right, you'd, they, you'd rent something and someone would have cleared whatever data was on it. And so you'd have to start over. And so you'd always play the same portions of games over and over and over again rather than playing a full game. Yeah, so like if they save my if I if I subscribe to Game Pass for one month to play Halo Five or whatever, Halo 
four, whichever one it is that comes out first. And then I'd be like, all right, I played my Halo 4 campaign. I'm good. Unsubscribe. And then I come back six months later and be like, you know, I want to play Halo 4 again. And like, I can pick up my save. That would be pretty sweet. That's the thing for me that I'm thinking about is I believe that I did get value out of some of my blockbuster rentals. But later on in the cycle of gaming, it became like, well, I bought my Halo and I'm going to play my Halo and I'm going to, you know, like it didn't matter about renting it because every night for like a year I got on and I played Halo 3. That was it. You just like get on and you play your Halo and, and you didn't need to rent a game and, and a long game like a, an RPG, like we're, we are not the audience for renting games, right? The people right. that rented games were the people that were playing like Jet Set Moto or, you know, like Forza or all the like, go rent a new racing game this week. Go rent a this this week. You know, and, and Final Fantasy was not a game you went and rented. Um, and games just weren't that expensive overall back then. I don't, I don't think they were like, break the bank expensive whereas now you're like how many $60 games can I buy in a year not that many and like you said things have gotten to the point that I'm not going to play Halo 3 every single night yeah I'm still going to go out and buy games like Battletech where I'm going to play 100 hours but also I just want to play that Halo campaign and there's six of those games and it'll take me two months and I'll have paid $20 instead of $25 $25 pop. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, you can tell things are bad because there's a giant Battletech DLC that released and none of us have played it. What do you mean <laughs> bad? I mean, it's like, there's so much, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, things are too busy. Saturation. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about in that field. I think we're going to do a Michael Plays moment with uh, Battletech. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we should stream it. Give me a reason to finally fire it up. Something. We'll do something with Battletech, because I want to go stomp around through some buildings and blow them up. They're all destructible. So cool. Yeah. For sure. There's a lot on our plate. If you didn't hear it last week on Friday, we had the first Discovery Pod released. Yes. Star Trek. Also cool. Yeah. If you have comments on that, or on E3, you don't think Microsoft's that big a deal? Fine. I, I, I can take it. You can email us. That is podcast at wewergamers.com. You can also subscribe to our YouTube and get notified when we post new videos. All these pods end up on there for your easy listening uh, capability. You can also subscribe to us on Google and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and wherever you find your podcast subscription, let us know. Leave a review. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, social media. We were gamers. Check us out. Maybe it won't be that big a thing. Maybe it'll be too many people like us that are like, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe. Because I don't have money to throw around for a subscription for them for a year. It's too much money. Yeah, same. I think I'm going to subscribe and play the Halo campaigns and then unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of indie games on there, too, where it'll be like, all right, this would be like my indie game month where I go on and play like four or five different games and then unsubscribe again. Like 
CBS All yeah. Access. We're going to finish Disco. Or, and then... Or HBO Go. Yeah. We finish Disco and then unsubscribe until Picard. Subscribe. Watch Picard. Unsubscribe. 